0: I've had the privilege of being in and around banking for more than 50 years. Lots of changes during that time. We've gone from ledgers to laptops, typewriters to technology. One thing, however, remains the same. Banking is a people business. And I'll be talking with those people that make banking great here on Jack Rats with Modern Bankers. Everybody, it's Thursday. What a terrific Thursday it is. It's time for Jack Rants with Brynn. Hi, Brynn.
1: Hey, Jack. So excited about our topic today.
0: You know, it's a great topic. And it, we're going to talk about followers and to follow or not to follow. And you might notice I have a little different uniform on today. And it's because I chose to follow my son last week into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And it was an absolutely great day. I told my son when I dropped him off, I said, this is one of the 10 greatest days of my life. And if you've got a a son or a daughter who's interested in baseball, um, it's a bucket list thing. You gotta gotta do it. And it was really fun.
1: That is fun. And we are a big baseball family. In fact, I think my granddaughter's first words were, go Phillies.
0: (laughs) Well, that's great. And today we're gonna talk about Followers, following the Phillies, following the Cubs, Uh, and and there's a few rules about this, but I, I think there's a couple of confusions as we get started here, Bryn. First, when some people go on LinkedIn, instead of the blue connecting button, connection button, they see a follow button. That's a little confusing to people, Bryn. Talk about that.
1: It is confusing for a lot of folks, and they think if there's a follow button that they can't connect. And actually, the follow button is defaulted if someone chooses to be in creator mode. There are two kinds of modes for your profile. One is traditional mode and one is creator mode. And things change on your profile when you go into creator mode. One of them is that your connect button turns to a follow button. This doesn't mean, however, that you can't connect with them. It's just hidden. There's a little more button that when you click on that, you'll see personalized invite and you can send a connection request. But, you know, it's uh, following is also a good thing to do. You can follow them first and then connect. Then you'll actually show up a couple of times in a notification and in a connection request. And hey, the more they see you, the better it is.
0: Well, th- that's very true. And and this question might be kind of LinkedIn 101, but it is interesting how still about two people join LinkedIn every second and the audience is growing. And there might be some folks that listen to this today that say, uh, you know, I'm pretty new to this, help me with the basics. So can you talk about the difference between connections and following?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Jack. So Um, A connection is two ways. You can't have a one-way connection. Either someone asks you to connect and you say yes, or you ask someone else to connect and they say yes. And then once you do, you have access to some things, like uh, um, searching their connections. Um, It's easier to start a conversation. You can message without having to use paid messaging like InMail. And so when you are a first degree connection, there are a lot more benefits to that relationship. When you follow someone, it's typically one way. You follow them and then we actually recommend once you follow them, if it's someone you really want to stay in touch with, you can ring their bell. Now you'll be alerted when they share content. If you follow them, it'll be on your newsfeed. The bonus here, when you ring their bell, it will come into your um, uh, notifications tab. But the big difference here is access to direct messaging and searching connections. There are people that will probably never connect with me that I follow, right? So I follow Reed Hoffman the founder of LinkedIn, the chances of him accepting my connection request, I don't know. But I want to see what he's up to and I want to engage on his content. And there are lots of other folks that I choose to just follow and not send a connection request out. I also, if I'm engaging prospects that they don't know who I am yet, I'll start with a follow. Uh, and then I'll go into engagement. And again, I'm like popping up in a couple of little places. And maybe I bring enough value that 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 they want to connect with me. They send me the connection request. Uh, so, you know, there are a lot of different opportunities um, between follow and connect. The last thing I'll say is people can actually search your followers and you can search other people's followers that you are not connected to, but you can't search connections.
0: That was a no, lot of
1: information.
0: No, it's good. And and it's interesting how strategically you might choose to follow and not connect. And you've put down in uh, four reasons why you might do this, friend. What are they?
1: Well, the first one is like following a mega influencer, like they may not be easy to connect with. Another one is I would just want to follow them uh, and see their content that it's not necessarily a prospect or in a, in a referral partner or someone that I want to go beyond getting their content. You might also want to follow them just to see who's engaging Mm -hmm. on their content. So, you know, a lot of like, if I want to see who's into LinkedIn, they're probably following Reed Huffman for bankers. Like there are a lot of really great influencers out there, which may not necessarily be limited to banking, but maybe the economics what's going on, um, you know, uh, with interest rates, like there's so many opportunities to follow people that are going to share content that you can reshare or learn from. Um, You know, the interesting thing is you don't need anyone's permission to follow them. You do for the connection. So the idea of following someone to just kind of stay in on the radar is a great way to go. And they do get a notification that you followed them. So it is a touch point
0: and i I like what you said because if I'm a banker, I might be working in vertical industries, and I might not follow Reed Hoffman, but I might find follow someone in the medical field or a medical consultant or if I'm in the not for profits I might find i'll follow someone there and when you say, "Get on someone's radar, talk me through how I might."
1: Yeah, so there are so many ways to get on folks' radar, but on their radar. One of them is to follow. Well, first, we're visiting their profile. And they may get a notification that you visited their profile. It will definitely show up, unless you're in anonymous mode, that you visited their profile. That's a touch point. The next one is you follow them. They get a notification. It says, Jack Hubbard followed you. And they go, ooh-ooh who's Jack Hubbard? And they're gonna see who you are. Now you'll see, unless they're in anonymous mode, that they looked at your profile. So you've got a little bit of ping pong, radar ping pong going on, right? Now are like, oh, he looked back. So there are other ways to get on their radar, but that whole looking at your profile, following, and then, although we're not talking about this today, I still have to throw it in, is engaging on their content all of that gets their interest up. And, you know, that really gives you opportunities to start conversations. You know, and then what else also happens when you follow and ring the bell, which is more like our number two. So one was getting on their radar. Number two, the better opportunities to engage. Sometimes you're, you've got some prospects out there that you're following and you forget about them but then they share content and you're like, "Oh, great opportunity. And now you're engaging when it matters to them. You're not just pushing one way. So maybe I connected with Jack, you know, six months ago and we haven't really engaged. And now he shares content. This is a trigger for me to start a conversation and I'm just going to throw out there, that a conversation, remember, I'm not connected. I've just followed him, but I start on his content. I read it. I have a real smart comment. And now when he likes my comment, this is my trigger to connect. Jack, I really loved the article that you shared. Incredible insights. I really appreciate it. I'd love to connect with you and continue to follow your content. It's simple, but we've now moved it. I think I've kind of blended some of them together where we set the stage for number three, the connection request.
0: Yeah, and I love that you said setting the stage. The following, Bryn, is really a strategic idea versus reaching out cold, if you will, and saying, Mm -hmm. I'd love to connect because more sophisticated people on LinkedIn are gonna ignore that and they may even report you to LinkedIn if they have no idea who you are. So you really need to be careful. So I really like what you said about setting the stage for the connection. And the other thing I like is, is ring the bell. I have a question about ringing the bell. How many people is too many when you ring yeah. the bell?
1: And, and I did this. And I rang too many bells and then what happened, <laughs> I had all these unread notifications and it paralyzed me. So ringing the bell, so if you follow someone, their content is gonna show up on your newsfeed. You're not gonna catch it all, but it's gonna be there. So you can follow way more people than ringing the bell. The, the litmus test of what bells to ring are if i saw this person pop up would i get excited so uh, i don't know if you know marie kondo but she is you know she's the organizational like queen and she'll say if if it doesn't bring you joy donate it so if this person would pop up in your notifications and it doesn't bring you joy don't ring the bell. Right. And, and so be really conscious that in your head, say, would I engage every time this person puts out content? If the answer is yes, go ahead and ring it. But I started to notice, I'm like, eh, eh, not this one, oh, not that. I just rang too many bells. So I started unringing bells and being more, specific uh, uh, on the folks that I'm following and ringing the bells of.
0: Well, I, I think you have a particular challenge in that you know so much about LinkedIn and you know when new things are coming out. So when you do see that, you test it. And, and I think that's a good test for all of us to follow you so that if your content says, "Look, I tried ringing too many bells and I've unrung bells," that's great. I'd like to ask you, because we're talking about followers here, and I'll I'll kind of start and give you a couple ideas. Um, who you follow? Who, who are some really good people to follow? I'll start from a banking perspective. My number one go-to person is is absolutely Chris Nichols. Chris Nichols writes so brilliantly about various topics on banking that's directly targeted to bankers, but it's not necessarily directly about banking. And I really like that. I also like uh, people like Mark Hunter, Meredith Elliott Powell, who write brilliantly, David Brock, uh, Mm -hmm. banking specific, Ned Miller, Eric Cook, and James Robert Lay. All Mm -hmm. of those, all you have to do is go follow them ring their bell because I guarantee you, if you do that, you're gonna get some great content. Bryn, I bet you have a top few to go to as well.
1: Oh, there are so many folks, but I will say every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern, um, because I follow Meredith and uh, Mark Hunter, I get a notification that they're live. So there, there are tons of folks that I follow there are some like, you know, as high up as, um, Brene Brown, like she's not going to connect with me, but I follow her for content. And then there are people that I have, um, simply followed because I just love their content. Now, the interesting thing is when you connect with someone, you automatically follow them. You can unfollow them if you're getting too much of their content spammy on the newsfeed. So that is an option. Um, But you do automatically follow. The key is you go and ring the bell of the people that you want the notifications of. And, you know, there are so many folks. So I would say um, Bernadette McClellan, uh, Colleen Stanley, um, Fred Diamond. Like there's a whole bunch of sales training brilliance out there that I just love to surround myself with. Larry Levine, um, I mean, so many of our friends that just share some wonderful insights that make all the difference in feeding me with the content that I love. Now, side note, when you follow these folks, engage with the people that are engaging with them right? There's a lot of potential conversations. Sometimes I call these influencers magnets and they're bringing in a lot of folks. So if you have a Chris Nichols who attracts a lot of business owners, bankers want to know business owners. So, uh, you know, there's definitely finding your, the influencers in banking. That's great. But even better is finding the influencers that attract your prospective clients.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think we'd be remiss, Brynn, and you were kind enough to introduce me to these two amazing professionals, Gunnar Hood, who's awesome, and Stan Robinson, who knows so much about Sales Navigator, he's tremendous.
1: Yeah, those are great influencers to follow, but the number one influencer to follow is Jack Hubbard.
0: Well, you're kind. Um, and speaking of Jack Hubbard one of the things that I like to do is kind of be practical so let me share with you I will go in and look at my followers several times a day now I'm a little over the top maybe and I teach LinkedIn so maybe it's a little different but I do want to see who's following me and that gives me I think the opportunity to reach back out to them and to connect with them and it's interesting it's kind of like if you have a referral and you pick up the phone and you say, "Rin Tillman, your CPA suggested I give you a call," you got an eighty-two percent chance to land that appointment. When somebody's following you and reach out and connect and say, "Hey, thanks for following me," they're going to connect with you almost a hundred percent of the time. I would.
1: Right, right. They followed you for a reason, um, so they'll be honored that you reached out to connect. I love that advice. Absolutely. Yep.
0: Well, the the last thing I wanna talk about in this is, is really a hidden gem. And that's mm-hmm. the that's the company page, Brynn. Um,
1: oh, I yeah. don't
0: think bankers do enough to follow their own company page or even look at their company page.
1: Yeah, so there's a few things that we can do. Number one, visit the company page and engage with the content. You can share it on your your profile, engage with the people engaging. The other thing you can do if you have Sales Navigator, which is another reason to have Sales Navigator, is you can search your company's followers and then use the other filters to find your exact prospect by location, by industry, by title, It's just phenomenal. So uh, using company followers filter, just like you said before, if they're following you, there's a high likelihood, almost, uh, almost, I would say very close to 100% that those people are going to accept your connection request. When you reach out to someone and you say, hey, I noticed that you're following our company page. I had a chance to look at your profile if you're open I'd love to connect with you. I don't know if it's going to be close to 100% but it's way higher than any kind of cold connect you could ever make. They followed your bank page for a reason. So make sure that, you know, you mention it, you noticed it, I'd love to connect with you. And um, you know, and and not everyone, just the people in your you know, your territory and that meet your criteria. And if all of the bankers go out and do that, it is absolutely incredible how f- much faster they can turn that person into from an online connection to a real conversation.
0: Brilliant. And I want to go back to one thing you said about the company page. Every company page has an admin. And that person is the mm. person that knows who's following that, that, uh, that company. So let's, as an example, let's say I work for bank ABC and they're a billion dollar bank and our company page has a thousand followers. Mm-hmm. Some of you follow the company page for a reason. Let's, mm-hmm. let's take this another step, Bryn. Let's say that I do business in the medical field or not for profits, et cetera. How might I Go to the admin because I know we can't print a list. But how can I go to the admin and say, "Gee, can, can I see who's following us?" Because I can't click on it anymore. We used to be able to do that a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. click on it anymore. Talk about your brilliance here! It's a it's a great strategy.
1: Well, it's kind of a two part strategy. Uh, it's where it benefits the banker and the admin. So the first piece is you set up a zoom. That's the easy piece, right? Between you, the banker and the admin of the page. The first thing I recommend is that they, that the admin make you the banker an admin for 10 minutes, and then you can go in and invite all of your first degree connections that it makes sense and invite them to follow the bank page. This will help you when you're prospecting because they are going to see branded content coming from them so that when you end up reaching out, they've already seen your bank name over and over again. So it's a win-win here, right? The next thing is the admin now can open up the followers on zoom and they can go through them and you can take a look at who is following that you might want to meet now. If you have Sales Navigator, you don't need to do this. This is if you don't have Sales Navigator and you want to take a look at who's following your company page, you can do that uh, on a Zoom with the admin and then reach out to connect with those that you'd like to have a conversation with and you're much more likely to get a yes. They clearly not only know your bank, but care enough to follow it.
0: Absolutely. Um, no question about it. Uh, and, and one of the questions I get, and I'll, I'll answer because we haven't rehearsed this, um, is, is who is the typical admin? I find that it's, it's one of two areas of the bank, uh, marketing and human resources. What's your experience, Bryn? Who, who, what department typically houses the admin?
1: Yeah. So actually typically one from each. So marketing will hold it from a content perspective and HR typically holds it from a recruiting perspective and they can have lots of admin. So I, you know, I would start by reaching out to marketing because they're the ones that really want to build the following and that are really connected to you growing your business.
0: We started this by talking about the Hall of Fame. And and one of the ways for you to create your own Hall of Fame is to follow the people that you really want to follow. That's important. So um, Bryn, thank you very much for uh, doing this. Um, Great to see you as always. And we'll see you next Thursday. How does that sound?
1: It sounds great. Uh, And as always, I love doing this with you. Thanks, Bryn.
0: Thanks for joining us for Jack Rants with Brim, brought to you by our good friends at Vertical IQ and Relpro. We're live on LinkedIn every Thursday at noon Eastern time, helping bankers turn connections into conversations. Don't miss an episode. Visit themodernbanker.com slash TMB podcast. Leave us a review if you would. You can also listen to this program and the new Jack Rants with Modern Bankers on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. We're on YouTube as well. Subscribe at youtube.com slash at The Modern Banker. Finally, don't forget, make today and every day a great client day.